The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. My name is Katie. On um, October 17, 2015, I was in the car with my husband and my oldest son, Landon. We were rear-ended by a distracted driver who did not even attempt to slow down. At the time, I was 25 weeks pregnant. I went to the hospital to get checked out. They ended up telling me that Lincoln, my son, did not make it through the accident. October 18, 2015, I had to deliver my son stillborn, and it was the hardest time in my life because I knew those nine hours were the only time I would have with him. To say that I was angry with God was a complete understatement. I could not understand why he had given me my son only for him to be taken before I even got a chance to hear his cry or hold him and see his first breath. I was frustrated. I had severe depression. I had anxiety. I had PTSD from the accident. I could not understand. I could not forgive him. I did not know the reason why that he had to take him. It was like I was stuck in this deep hole that I couldn't get out of. How is your backstory holding you back? For most of us, there is something tethering us to our past. What I mean is there are these little strings that connect us. For some of us, they just simply are reminders of things that happened in our past, but for others, those strings leave us stuck in our past, and then for a few, those strings actually strangle us. It's our past sabotaging our present and destroying our future. So what is it for you? What is it about your past that is preventing you from living in the present and destroying your future? For some, you know, it's not just something you've done, but something someone else did to you. Maybe not just your past mistakes, but the mistakes of others. You know, it's a, a family secret that's become your secret. It's your father's regret that you carry around. It's, it's your mom's bad habit that became your bad habit or a, a family you know, pattern that has become the pattern of your life and somehow other people's failures, other people's past begin to define how we live our lives and it attaches us like an anchor to the past. And for others, something you did in the past, failure, a regret, shame, and as a result, you can't get past your past. And here's what most of us do when we can't get past our past. We, we either cover it up, or we run from it, or we try to bury it. Some bury it under their accomplishments, their degrees, their pedigree. They try to bury it under the latest fashion or the newest car or the latest gadgets or maybe poking fun at others, somehow displacing our pain onto someone else. If I can make them hurt, then maybe I won't hurt nearly as much. But the reality is under the surface, behind all of that attempt, to bury our past, 
what others cannot see, what they don't know about us, is that deep under the surface, we're still hung up on our hangups. That's right, you'll never know that she is hiding behind her makeup the regrets and the shames of the past, and you'll never know that his macho attitude is really a cover-up from the humiliating abuse that he endured as a child. And so if you're in a place where you can't get past your past, well, you can at least relate to a guy named Jephthah. Jephthah's story is recorded in the book of Judges, which is a book of the Bible which captures a very troubling season in the nation of Israel. Here's basically the story of Israel during the book of Judges. They would prosper, things would go really well for them. And in their prosperity, they would become comfortable and not feel like they needed God anymore. And so they would turn their back on God and do whatever they wanted. And so a common phrase that's used to refer to the nation of Israel is that they would do what was right in their own eyes. And so when they rejected God and did what they wanted, they would suffer. They would get oppressed and beaten by their enemies. Surrounding enemy nations would come in and conquer them and, and abuse them and mistreat them. In their years of abuse, they would cry out to God. God would hear them, raise up a deliverer that would be called a judge who would rule over them, who would lead them in battle and set them free from their enemies, where again, they would worship God and they would begin to prosper. In their prosperity, you kind of get the point, this is the pattern that the nation of Israel would live through. And so Jephthah is just one judge in a list of judges, but his enemy is unique. The nation of Israel now uh, has just been, well not just been, 18 years they have suffered under the oppressive beatings of the Philistines and the Ammonites. Now what's troubling about these guys is they have a long history of abusing uh, Israel. And maybe you can relate to them during this season because there is a history in your life of mistreatment or of pain or where old enemies continue to be your present problems, where the, the problems of your parents and your grandparents still haunt you to this day. And so certainly you can relate to Jephthah being called by God to be used to set the nation of Israel free from this chronic problem of an enemy that just won't go away. The Philistines and the Ammonites conquered Israel or abusing Israel. Uh, in fact, the words specifically used are that Israel is shattered and crushed. And what appropriate words to describe how you feel when you can't get past your past when the haunting enemies of your past become your present problems. You feel shattered, you feel crushed, and another word that is used is the word oppressed. You feel oppressed by your memories, oppressed by the problems that haunt you today. And so Jephthah, uh, all of a sudden, you know, he's gonna insert into this story because in the middle of their mess, the nation of Israel cries out to God, and they say, God, help us. And then after they cry out to God, they go looking for a leader to rescue them. They look for a warrior, and that's where our story is going to pick up, Judges chapter 11. And let me just begin reading. Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty warrior. Gilead is a region of Israel. 
So he's a mighty warrior, seems like an appropriate pick to become the great leader and savior of the nation of Israel. His father was a Gileadite. So far, so good. His mother was a prostitute. Yeah, but you didn't even know that stuff was in the Bible. Gilead's wife also bore him sons, and when they grew up, they drove Jephthah away. So his brothers drive him out, not just out of the family, but away from their community. Nice brothers. They said, you are not going to get any inheritance in our family because you are the son of another woman. So here's, here's Jephthah. He, he seems like a likely choice because he's a great warrior, but he has a problem. His mom is a prostitute. His brothers hated him, mistreated him. So they drove them out of the community and, and robbed him of his inheritance. And as a result, even his surrounding community, the Gileadites rejected Jephthah. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and settled in the land of Tob, where a group of adventurers, by the way, that's the Bible being very generous toward these guys, gathered around him and followed him. Uh, and a more appropriate translation would be, and Jephthah left that land, settled in Tob, where a bunch of organized criminals surrounded him, and they become, became a raiding group of pirates. Now, I know you watch movies about pirates and it sounds really romantic and cool. No, these guys are a bunch of punks. They have an organization where they go around abusing, mistreating, and taking their hurt and making it other people's hurt. Not exactly a likely pick for God to use to deliver the nation of Israel. I mean, I can go down the list of his non-credentials and you would all agree with me that he's not the guy that anyone should choose to lead their nation. Jephthah said to them, so they come and they say, Jephthah, we want you to lead us. The Gileadites say, we want you to lead us. He goes, yeah, right. And it's not hard to see why he would get hung up on his hangups. Jephthah said to them, didn't you hate me and drive me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you're in trouble? And I get it. I agree with Jephthah's suspicion. I agree with his reasoning of why, because of the way he was treated in the past, because of others' abuses, others' mistreatment, because of their bad decisions, because of his mom being a prostitute, his brothers rejecting him, robbing him of inheritance, why he would have a problem saying, oh yeah, sure, I'll help you out. But the lesson from Jephthah it's not just about a nation that wallows in self-pity or is stuck in their past with past enemies becoming the present problem. The story of Jephthah is not how a guy goes off, runs away, and spends his life with pirates, but how God takes unlikely people with a messed up, broken past where they feel stuck in their past and God can transform their story. God does the unlikely with unlikely people. And we are invited and we are challenged to get past our past 
In fact, that's what I would challenge you. I would encourage you to take notes, pull out a smartphone, pull out a tablet. I want you to type this in. Feel free to use social media. You can even put this on Facebook Live and you can put this in your comment section in all caps. Get past your past. In fact, I want to thank all of you who are joining us at all of our campuses right now and encourage you to write this down. I want you to personalize it. I need to get past my past. And doesn't that sound great? Just when you hear it. I mean, just say it. Get past your past. That just, it rhymes. I mean, it's, it's got that right kind of sequence to it. It just feels good when you say it. But it doesn't feel accurate, does it? It doesn't feel likely. In fact, it's far more unlikely than you can imagine because we're not just tethered to our past. It's not just our problems or someone else's problem that became our problem. It's not just that our past is sabotaging our present and robbing us of our future. No, our problems are actually bigger than that. In fact, Israel's problem is bigger than the Philistines. Jephthah's problem is bigger than his past. Because what is actually sabotaging our present, what caused all of the problems in the past, and what will destroy our future is something far more sinister that is alive inside of every one of us, and it is a spiritual curse a spiritual problem. And maybe some of you, you don't think about spiritual things very often. And that's okay. That's, that's why you're listening right now. Because I want to challenge you that there is a real realm in the spiritual that is more real than the physical that you're living in right now. The spiritual is more powerful than the things that have sabotaged you from your past. Because sin, this spiritual force that lives inside of us, drives us away from God, just like the nation of Israel, to ignore God and do what we want. Like I was explaining the nation of Israel, how they do, they did what was right in their eyes. Sin causes us to do what is right in our eyes. And the result of sin is that we become spiritually corrupted, cut off from God, living our lives however we want, pursuing our desires. And the problem with this is because of sin, the desires that drive our life feel good, but they're actually bad for us. Sin doesn't just cut us off from relationship with God, fill us with desires that are bad for us, ruin our present and destroy our future. Sin leads toward eternal judgment, where we go into forever facing a forever judgment the punishment, the consequence for sin that drives our life to ruin. In fact, Israel makes the same statement. And the Israelites said to the Lord, this is Judges chapter 10, uh, verse 15, just before they go looking for Jephthah, they go like this, we have sinned. Do with us whatever you think best, God, but please rescue us. Maybe you can relate to that statement. God, I've sinned. I've done what was right in my eyes, but I'm realizing that that wasn't right in your eyes, God. And you can do whatever you want to me, 
but I'm asking you, God, to rescue me. God responds to that kind of a prayer. He responded to the prayer of Israel. And so he raises up Jephthah, and Jephthah answered the people, suppose you take me back to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gives them to me. Will I really be your head? You've hated me, you've rejected me. Will you really now, if I give you victory, actually be willing to submit to me and allow me to rule over you? The elders of Gilead replied, the Lord is our witness. We will certainly do as you say. Here's the deal. The story here in the Bible is not about the nation of Israel in trouble. It's not even about Jephthah, the son of a prostitute who was rejected by his brothers from a dysfunctional family who becomes a pirate who's got his past that is creating problems for him. No, his story it actually points to Jesus. Jephthah is a pale shadow pointing to Jesus. Let me quickly connect the dots for you. Jephthah is rejected by his people, by his own family, by the people where he grew up. Jesus was rejected by his family, by his people. He was rejected by us. Jephthah goes out into the wilderness. Jesus withdrew to the wilderness where he was tempted, where he suffered. Jephthah becomes an unlikely choice to lead his people into battle, to win a victory where they have victory for a period of time. Jesus doesn't just go out in the wilderness, Jesus comes back to die in our place where Jephthah became a criminal. Jesus did not gain the victory uh, as a criminal. He wasn't chosen by the people. Jesus died a criminal's death for us. He took our sin on himself. He carried our shame, our guilt, put it on himself so that when he died, he died in our place, a death that he didn't deserve, but a criminal death we deserve was put on him so that when he died, he died once for all, absorbing our death sentence and our eternal judgment so that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven of their sins their shame and guilt removed, and they are given new life because the victory Jesus won through his death and the power of his resurrection is a forever victory. It's a spiritual victory, and when you believe in Jesus by faith, God's spirit enters into your spirit where you become new and you receive eternal life. With God's spirit alive in you, now you can get past your past on your own and on my own. I am stuck. We are stuck. We are being strangled by the strings that attach us to our past. But when you believe in Jesus by faith, you are forgiven of your sins and you're freed from regret. You're freed from the hurt. You're even freed from the abuses and the mistreatment of others, what they've done to you and how those memories have haunted you. You become free. That's the liberating message of Jesus. And that's how Jephthah points to Jesus. And that's not just what happened, you know, 3,000 years ago. It's not just what happened in someone else's life. It's what's happening in our life. In fact, that's Katie's story. We want to share a little bit more of it with you. So check this out. A couple uh, months ago, 
I noticed my friends on Facebook kept talking about this place where they worship called Lifehouse. When I still could not bring myself to going to a place for worship, uh, I was talking to one of my friends who went there and she told me that I could watch a service online. The first sermon that I watched that Pastor Patrick gave broke me down. It was something that I needed to hear. The message spoke to my heart. At that time, I was thinking I was better off um, ending my life and just going with Lincoln because the pain was too overwhelming for me. I felt like with this message that Pastor Patrick said that I knew God was telling me, no, that's not the path I have for you. And you need to be here on earth with your children, with your family. Keep continuing and let me show you what I have. I brought my family the very next Sunday to Lifehouse. It was completely different than anything I've ever experienced. The love and passion for God in that room made me want this connection with God so badly. I decided from that moment on that God and I needed to restart and rebuild our relationship. The past couple months have truly been amazing. I won't say that I haven't had pain or that I haven't had moments of weakness, but in those moments of weakness, God has held my hand and kept His promise that He would work me through them. He never gave up on me, even when I gave up on Him. And I know that we have an amazing life going forward and He will continue to be there for me. Even when I was pushing Him away, He was still right by my side waiting for me to come back to Him and I can do anything in the world because God has blessed me, He has blessed my family, and He will always be there for me. This is why I so appreciate the courage of individuals like Katie to share kind of the dark side and to be really vulnerable and honest about the pain in their life so that then we can also celebrate the victories in their life and then believing that Katie's victory can be your victory. What God has done in her life, he can do the same in your life. And man, shout out to those of you that are joining us online right now. Katie was with you. And then, you know, locally, um, she decided to take that courageous step to go from behind her computer to coming out in front and being with us and celebrating. We realize that people are joining us from all over the world and people that can't make it out to one of our campuses. But boy, if you can, we would love to have you. Who knows what God will continue to do in your lives. L let me just challenge you. Uh, the story of Katie, the story of Jephthah. Jephthah's past looked like a problem. Again, mom of a prostitute, brothers who rejected him, robbed of his inheritance, betrayed by his community, he leaves and goes and becomes a pirate, criminal. But here's what I want you to know, your past isn't a problem, it's preparation. Jephthah needed to become a shrewd negotiator, a really tough 
fighter, a leader who could stand up against one of their most chronic enemies. I mean, there's no enemy that annoys and abuses and mistreats the nation of Israel more than the Philistines throughout scripture. I mean, Jephthah's facing the big one. If he had lived a life of comfort, and ease, everybody loved him, everybody accepts him, he's you know, top of the class, everybody's best friend, would he have been able to face a tough enemy? Would he have been able to go toe to toe with the most abusive, mean, vicious people on earth? When the whole nation was shattered and crushed, would he have had the courage to stand up alone and lead them? I think not. A life of comfort and ease would not have prepared Jephthah for battle. No, God did not choose Jephthah despite his past, but because of his past. His past was not a problem, it was preparation. His past was his training ground. His past pain was his development. His past anguish gave him the moral strength to focus. His past emotional heartbreaks gave him the fortitude to press on when others wouldn't. And could it be that your past emotional hurts, your past anguish, your past problems, your past defeats, your past brokenness, the past abuses, all of that stuff. What if that's not a problem? What if it's preparation? Now hear me, hold up, before you jump to a conclusion, I am not suggesting that God caused it. I am not suggesting that God you know, put that in your life to use it to prepare you. I am saying that God can take the messy, broken problems of your past and turn them into preparation so that they are no longer a problem, but now they become simply preparation for your present and for your future calling. Listen to how Jephthah's past changed him. It's not just that his past was no longer a problem, but it was preparation. Listen to what Jephthah does after he makes them commit that not only are they willing to let him lead them in battle, but they're gonna let him rule over them. By the way, when I was going through how Jephthah points to Jesus, many of us like the idea of Jesus giving us victory, but then we're not willing to allow him to be the Lord of our life. Jesus doesn't wanna just give you life and give you victory. He wants to be the Lord of your life. And so I would challenge you that as you're going through this message, reminding yourself, I don't just need what Jesus can give me. I need Jesus in my life, and I need to allow him to become the Lord of my life. Listen to this. This is verse 11. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead and with the people, made him head and commander over them. And he repeated all of his words before the Lord in Mizpah. Interestingly, Jephthah's pain his rejection, the betrayal that he experienced by his community and his brothers, being robbed of his inheritance, had actually driven him to deepen his faith and depend on God. You might think, well, how can a, how can a guy who went off and became a pirate and a criminal develop a deep dependence on God? I don't know that all of the intricate details, but I can see it in Jephthah's life. 
When his life turns around, here is a guy who his past drove him to deepen his character, deepen his faith, and depend on God. Is it possible that all those issues in your past that you thought were a problem were actually deepening your faith? teaching you to depend on God, and they were deepening your character, helping you to grow and trust God more, and helping you to develop an integrity of heart. Let me challenge you that your past hasn't destroyed you. You're here. You're still breathing. You can still put one foot in front of the others. Your past hasn't destroyed you. It has simply deepened your faith and driven you to depend on God. Let me be clear. You are not what you've done. You are who God says you are. You are not what others have done to you. You are who God says you are. And God is speaking over your life love and destiny and purpose and significance. God sees value in you that others have never seen. I don't care what others have done to you and I don't care what you did. I know that you are not defined by what you've done. You are not confined by what others have done to you. You are not the burden that you carry from the past. Jesus has set you free from the burden. He has redefined your life and he has removed the things that have confined you and he has released you to become who he's called you to become. And you are who God says you are and you can become who he has called you to be. Your past has not disqualified you. It has not disabled you. Your past has prepared you. See, failure is an event, not a person. You are not the failures. Failures are an activity, they're a moment, they're an event, but they are not you. You only become the failure when you allow them to define you. But when you believe in Jesus by faith, your past is separated from your future and you receive a new definition through that faith in Jesus Christ so you become who he says you are. As a result, let me continue to read. Then Jephthah sent messengers to the Ammonite king with the question, what do you have against us that you have attacked our country. And then he goes on and him and the king of, of the Ammonites, they go through an exchange. The Ammonites and the Philistines are partnered together and, and, and the king makes some accusations against Israel. And Jephthah's like, nothing you're saying is true. He's like, you're lying about us, you're tearing us down and I'm not gonna stand for it. And now he's ready to pick a fight. And at this point, war becomes inevitable. And he goes like this in verse 27. I have not wronged you, but you are doing me wrong by waging war against me. Let the Lord, the judge, decide this, the dispute this day between the Israelites and the Ammonites. The king of Ammon, however, paid no attention to the message of Jephthah sent him. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. He crossed Gilead and Manasseh, passed through Mizpah of Gilead, and from there he advanced against the Ammonites. And the quick version is, they destroy the Ammonites. They conquer the Philistines. Jephthah sets the nation of Israel free from the oppressive rule. They are freed from the shattering and the crushing of the enemy, and God gives them victory and peace. 
There's a warning, however, in this. The challenge, your takeaway is this. This is the encouraging part. You can't change your past, but Jesus can change your future. Did you write that down? Did you type that in? You can't change your past, but Jesus can change your future. You can't undo what's been done, but God can write a new story into the future of your life. Here's what we read in the story. Um, it says, Jephthah was filled with God's spirit. The spirit of the Lord empowered him, and then they went to war. They crossed over the river, and they went and fought, and they gained a victory. And in your life, the only way you're going to get past your past so that your past becomes preparation and not a problem so that you can run into the future is if you allow God's spirit to enter into your life. You believe in Jesus by faith so that Jesus changes your future. His spirit enters into your life so that you can face the future in God's strength, not your own. This is not about your abilities, but about God's abilities. It's not about how, you know, woe is me. I have all these problems. Look at how everyone has wronged me. It's about how God has done right in your life, how God has accepted you. God has forgiven you and God is giving you the strength and God is giving you the power to live in your future. And your future is not about you. This story is not about Jephthah. It is about Jephthah becoming obedient to God, fully surrendered to God, empowered by the Spirit of God so that he could use him in a powerful way. God wants to turn your story around so that your past isn't a problem, it was preparation. And even though you can't change your past, Jesus can change your future so that your story points to Jesus. Others need to hear your story so they can find hope and they can overcome their past so that their hangups don't have to keep hanging them up. But that requires you to become yielded to God. God, would you give me a future in you? This isn't about what you want. This isn't about your future. This isn't about your desires. This is about a willingness to surrender to God and say, God, do what you want with my life. Change my future. God has an incredible future for your lives. For those of you at all of our campuses right now, God has a future for your life. Stop wallowing in the past. Stop letting your past sabotage the present and believe that God has a destiny and a future for your life, but it's found in Jesus. And so I'm gonna invite you all to respond right now. For each one of you, there is a place in your life where you're stuck, tethered to your past right now, God wants to begin to set you free. He wants to begin to give you healing over your past. He wants to use your past as preparation, not as a problem. And right now, Jesus wants to begin to redefine how you see yourself. But that's going to require you making a commitment first to God. You can't do this on your own. You can't climb out of your past through your own strength. You need God's strength. And so I'm going to invite you to respond. Each one of you at all of our campuses, I'm gonna ask you to respond right now. I want you to open your heart and say, Jesus, would you heal me? Holy Spirit, come in my life. And so I'm gonna invite you just to close your eyes right now. Each of you, would you close your eyes and just begin to pray? And how do you personally need to apply this to your life? But I wanna to speak to one group of you right now. 
there are individuals here who you are, you've, you've allowed your past to sabotage your present and you're stuck. And your commitment is that you need to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But you're willing to do that right now. And you're saying yes to Jesus. I want you to know I've been praying for you this week. We've been believing that in this moment, you are gonna have a life change. And if that's where you're at right now, you are at a place where you're ready to make that decision to say yes to faith in Jesus. Can I encourage you just to raise your hand high? Yes, at all of our campuses, if you would just put your hand high and say, yeah, that's me, that's where I'm at. I wanna get past my past and I want Jesus to change my future. Would you just put your hand up right now? Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.